Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, we are joined by another very special guest, my friend, Russell Benaroya, co-founder at Stride Services, an outsourced bookkeeping and finance firm specifically for professional services businesses and agencies. He has been... uh, the recipient of a top 40 under 40 recognition from the Pudgett School of Business in Seattle. He's the author of multiple books, including Free Yourself to Work on Your Business and most recently One Life to Lead. He's also an ultra marathoner, a multiple time founder. Uh, He's built and sold several businesses and he's here today to join us and talk about the lessons learned in helping agencies improve their financial visibility. So with all of that, Russell, welcome to the show. Such a pleasure to be here, Marcel. Thanks for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this and what a great way to end November and hammer into the last month of the year. Yeah, as we record this November 29th, it's been an incredibly uh, weird year, but uh, we're we're here right at the end of it. Um, so Russell, I've given everybody a little bit of context on who you are and what you do, but I'd love to give you uh, a second to explain that in your own words, just so everyone has full context. Sure, sure. Well, what I do is, uh, is so 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 much more than like what I do professionally. But to talk about the the professional uh, angle of it, yes. Yeah, so today I'm the co-founder of Stride Services. We are a back office bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services firm, specifically working with professional service companies, agencies, consulting firms, and outsourced IT service firms. We uh, we endeavored into this business about three years ago via an acquisition, which we can certainly talk about. And for us, it's been such a purposeful opportunity to leverage our experience starting our own businesses to support other business owners in achieving something we believe very, very passionately about, which is how do we help business leaders achieve their highest and best use, get and stay in their genius zone, focus on why they started the business in the first place. And so by doing some of the back office stuff, I tend to say it's it's the unsexy work, but it's very important, creates the space for that to be possible. And so it's really aligned so many passions in my life into what is today, uh, what is today's stride. I live in Seattle. I run a lot. I write books. I raise a family with my wife of 20 years and, you know, we live. Amazing. And, and like, I absolutely love what you're doing at Stride Services. For everyone that's listening, Stride is one of the few firms that is a certified partner here at Parakeeto. And Russell knows very well, we are very opinionated um, and diligent about how we do things on agency operations. And we have very strong opinions about what the correct way to be thinking about professional services is. We get frustrated with most accounting firms that we believe don't understand this well. Because we feel that professional services has a very specific set of needs. And Russell and the team at Stride is one of the few firms that we've run into that really deeply understands this. And we've learned things from um, as well. So, Russell, I just I love 
that you're doing this and that you, you've decided to specialize in professional services. I'm curious, what brought you to Stride in the first place? And when was the decision to specialize in professional services made? Was that something you consciously wanted to come in and acquire into the market to solve? Or was that an insight that came up after you had gotten yourself into the bookkeeping and uh, outsourced CFO space? The, 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 just the facts here, just the facts. What really brought me into Stride Services is that in 2018, my family and I made a decision to move abroad for a year. I had two kids that one was in high school and one was in middle school, and we went to live in Central America and Costa Rica. There's a longer story, maybe another podcast around why we did that and what we hoped to accomplish by doing so. But one of the imperatives of making that move was to endeavor into a next chapter of my life that would give me geographic independence, which is I have to be, I have to do what I'm going to do from anywhere. I happen to be in Costa Rica at that time, because the world works in funny ways. My business partner came to me and said, Russell, we have, we get so much energy from supporting and guiding other entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams. There are some facets of back office services that are really growing and look like a really great opportunity for us to serve. How about we partner up and endeavor to find a business in back office accounting and finance uh, to enter uh, to enter the market and build the strategy or vision that we have to be to be a partner. And I have a corporate finance background. I'm very very comfortable in accounting and finance. And it was one of these just cosmic connections that often happens when you're not trying to control the universe that created this opportunity. Now, to answer your question about professional services, that was a bit of an evolution for us. When we acquired the company, they were serving a lot of different types of customers. But if we know one thing about building a business, it's customer focus, customer focus, customer focus. Know your customer, understand their needs and wants, be seen less as a vendor and more as a partner. And what we noticed is that for professional service firms specifically, there's often a lack of, of process technology and automation that allows them to double click into the underlying drivers of what constitutes cash flow and profitability. And very specifically, it's customer level profitability. And customer level profitability, when you have a lot of labor that's doing a lot of work, but you're not exactly sure what they're doing or who they're doing it for, makes it pretty hard as a business owner to identify the levers of impact so that you can right-size either current clients or future clients and make smart data-driven decisions. And we love data at Stride that digs beneath just the financial statements, which are pretty hard to understand, like what decisions am I making just looking at financial statements? And so we said, let's, let's go there. Let's help make data. Let's embed data into our business owners daily decision making. And that has just driven us in this direction. I'm so glad that you decided to go into that direction because you do it very, very well. And you and I were just talking about this. Um, and I, I hope that this doesn't, 
I, even if it does create a ton of competition, I'm, I'm very confident that you'll still be a winner in this space. But there is a massive vacuum from my perspective in proper accounting, bookkeeping, financial advice for professional services business. I can count on one hand the firms that I know of that specialize in this space. But what I also know is that about 50% of agencies in the, the size range that we typically serve are using an outsourced partner. So that means that many of them are using an outsourced partner that probably is not giving them the level of insight that you and I would expect to get out of financial statements, um, which to me is just sad. There's such a missed opportunity there. There's so much that, that somebody with those kinds of financial statements doesn't know or can't see about their business because it's just not being structured properly. It hasn't been thoughtfully designed around their needs. So um, I'm just so happy that you got that insight and decided to pursue it. I'm curious, what have you learned since you made that decision and have spent a lot of time talking to and servicing <laughs> professional services business. What are the biggest insights that you've gotten so far? Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm laughing because uh, the the actual act of accounting, the actual act of bookkeeping is not that complicated. However, it is exponentially more complicated if the way that information is flowing into the system is highly variable, uh, unorganized, uh, in, in, inefficient. And so to answer your question, what we've learned is that the problems arise not from just how the bookkeeping accounting get executed. They arise from the process design inside of the organization for how information flows in order for us to be effective. And so when you have a lot of variability, Upstream example, variability. We have a bunch of different contracts. Every client's unique, right? We, we don't track time. We, some, ex, some we pass through expenses for reimbursement and some we don't. And I'm not saying that what they're doing is fundamentally wrong because you do what you need to do in your business. But when you don't think about building a machine, and having a highly repeatable, consistent, and standard approach for how you serve your clients, it does make it pretty hard for that accounting and bookkeeping to be executed efficiently. And there's no judgment. It's just an opportunity. It's an opportunity to help elevate the awareness of the CEO to say, hmm, am I building a business that is going to transcend me? so that I can spend more time working on it? Or am I so in the business because I understand all the crazy, all the nuances that I could never imagine myself rising above it? That's the greatest learning. And at the end of the day, it's less about booking accounting and it's more about humanity. It's more about communication. It's more about uh, boxes and arrows and how you step back and think about process. And that's fun, but hard. Awesome. So I want to zoom out a little bit and talk about what is the difference between general accounting for most businesses and some of the specific needs that professional services need to be thinking about. And I'm almost looking at this as an exercise and saying, what are some of the things that if you have an accounting partner, you might want to be evaluating them against or going to them saying, hey, we should probably be paying more attention to these things. What are some of the specific needs professional services have when it comes to finance? Yeah, so I'd say the number the number one is uh, labor 
allocation, labor allocation, labor allocation. I'm sure I could make a song out of that. But um, so really important in a professional service firms to identify what labor is directly associated with the service that you are performing and what labor is associated with the overhead that's in place to just keep your machine running. And it's important to be able to identify uh, that labor cost respectively so that you can allocate the direct labor into a calculation that we call gross margin, or if you want to get a little more technical called contribution margin, so that we can in fact understand, is this, is this company intrinsically profitable for the service that it provides? Forget about all your overhead for a second, but is the thing that you sell and the cost that you incur to sell it profitable? So labor allocation is definitely a big one. The second and this is complex, is, the, is this idea in accounting um, that we call accrual, accrual-based accounting. And this is not an accounting class, so I'm not going to go there with you. But let me just put it to you this way. When you're accepting payments from clients or you're invoicing clients at times that are different from when you're actually providing the service for that client because of the nature of your contract. Like maybe you get some upfront payment or you have some milestone payments or percentage of completion. There's a lot of juggling that has to happen between where you park those dollars that come in while you're waiting to maybe do the work right? or how to recognize those dollars that came in before you've even done the work, you can imagine that just creates a lot of moving parts. Now you might say, well, Russell, why does this really even matter? I'm close enough to my business. I have a good instinct. Well, ultimately your instinct will become a liability at such point that you cannot fully grasp the complexity of each of your clients, assuming that you're in a business that's going to grow. And so the integrity of those financials is so important to grounding stories with facts. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Man, those are such huge insights. We're completely aligned on these, of course. I want to start with allocations of labor and gross margin. We just this month have been in the financials of four agencies. Out of those four, 0% of them were able to see their true, we call it delivery margin now um, internally, just because mm. to your point, like it might get called a bunch of different things on the client's P&L. And it, that, our concept probably doesn't actually really align to a true accounting concept, but professional services have essentially two layers of cost of goods sold. 
most accountants are not going to set up uh, the accounting system in order to represent that, where some revenue just never belonged to them in the first place and shouldn't be considered like truly revenue. And they shouldn't be measuring the, the spending that they're doing on the $10 million of money that flows through them when actually only 5 million of that is their responsibility to earn. And then to your point, how efficiently are they earning that revenue? That is probably the most important insight, I would argue, one of the most important insights that you should be getting from your books. And almost nobody is getting it. Um, right now from what I can see. So I love that insight. I think that's huge. And then similarly, salary allocations have to be a part of that solution because um, there's probably a pretty clear division within your team of people who do delivery and people who don't. Um, and to your point, getting more granular about that in terms of maybe pairing that up with time tracking data. We're starting to get nerdy here. You can get a lot of insight from that. Yeah, we could get nerdy on that. I love that. <laughs> and then secondly, accrual revenue earning. Man, is this ever um, an elusive concept? And I think anybody that tells you that this is going to be simple, um, that's a red flag for me. Because you and I know that it's it might it might be simple in practice, but it's actually very nuanced and very complex because how do you come up with percent complete in a way that is consistent, is accurate, is aligned to your business model and do that in such a way that you get a materially close read at the end of every month? And if you're not doing that, you're still doing cash-based accounting. To your point, Russell, at some point, I think that's going to cap out. And what you're essentially doing is you're limiting yourself in terms of the ability to get a snapshot of how well your business is performing on the financial data side, you can really only do that like once a year. Once the books get like closed and ready for taxes, if you're doing cash-based accounting, you're putting yourself at a significant disadvantage um, relative to accrual-based accounting, which should give you on probably a monthly or at least a quarterly basis, a much more accurate picture of here's how profitable you are. Here's what your gross profit or gross margin looks like. Here's what your net margin looks like. Here's roughly how much you're spending across these different areas of your business. Here's where the most and least profitable projects, all that kind of stuff. You want to be able to say that, see that more often. That requires you to be good at revenue recognition, um, but it's, it's an elusive thing. It's a very elusive thing. And how we deliver it and, and maybe how clients like it to be delivered if they fancy themselves as not experts in finance, which is very often the case in creative in environments, um, let's deliver it to them in a, in a visually appealing way, right? Charts, graphs, uh, colors, right? And I'm not trivializing it at all. In fact, I was reading a statistic yesterday that we can process like some crazy multiple more of information when we visualize it um, versus like when we're looking at data on a spreadsheet. And so that really matters. And so how we manifest it is also core to our service offering because it's not, um, it's not responsible for a CEO to absolve themselves of having a pulse on this information. It's very easy to ignore it, by the way. It's very easy to kick the can down the curb and say, oh, I've got enough cash this month more than last month. Oh yes, that, that may be good. Right. But let's, let's pull back from well, what are you trying to accomplish? And that, that's when we get into strategy, right? So this isn't all tactical. This at some level has to map to strategy. And that's, again, another a vector of conversation that we can either have now, but we certainly like having it with our clients. So um, with all of that said, what should somebody do if they find themselves in a position where they feel like, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of variability 
in our agency. Maybe I spend a lot of time putting out fires. Maybe every contract that I put in front of clients is a little bit different. Maybe it feels like we're just doing a lot of stuff, but we're not making a lot of progress. What would you recommend they do as a first step in order to perhaps land on some clarity to help guide them out of it? Yeah. Step one, don't freak out. Step one, don't freak out because freaking out is like going to drive your team uh, completely bonkers. Like how many times have you gone to your team because you saw this, this burning, this, these burning embers and be like, oh my gosh, we got to go put that out. And your team's like, yeah, yeah, but we've got a lot of things we need to put out, right? What do we want to prioritize? What do we want to push through to completion? What is the game that we're playing right now that we have defined so that we can finish this game and then go play another? I'm only sharing that with you because I think so much of leadership is being able to manage yourself in periods of uncertainty and periods of stress and anxiety. So step number one, don't, don't, don't freak out. Um, I think step, step number two is before you go and rip out your existing solution, your existing, say, bookkeeping, accounting, finance solution, uh, it's worth diagnosing your own responsibility in contributing to the problem that has been created. Because oftentimes you might actually have a really good partner in place and it's worth going to them and saying, hey, I have some responsibility here. You may have some responsibility here. Let's figure out what the outcome is that we're driving toward and see if we can develop a shared agreement to right-size this arrangement so that I can shore up some of these areas that are causing me concern or grief or opacity, right? Like I, I, I can't see the data. Um, and oftentimes you may find the, the service provider so relieved that you had the self-awareness to come to them, not in a reactive state, but and not in a judgment state, but in a partnership-oriented state. I would say that's number two. And then if you're not, if that shared agreement is not achieving the desired results, then number three is, okay, now I'm going to go and talk to a, a partner that probably uh, has more capabilities to deliver, but I didn't leapfrog my current solution because I woke up once one morning and just was like really pissed at them. I often say, Hey, look in the mirror first. And I say that to myself too. This isn't a judgment thing because oftentimes uh, when we get to an outcome that we're not pleased with, we were unconsciously committed to getting that result. We just weren't thinking about it. Yeah, I, I think that's a super important insight because there are a lot of things that your finance partner is likely relying on you um, to provide uh, and do well in order to give you great outcomes. And you and I both know that, you know, we, when we engage with clients, there there is a requirement on their end and those requirements should be made clear. Um, and there's a negotiation that often happens, right? So a simple example of this would be, okay, your current bookkeeping firm takes six month projects that have these vastly different phases within them. And they just spread the revenue out evenly from start date to end date. Well, the reason they're probably doing that is because they don't have access or insight into how to do it better. And you probably more than likely don't have a very good consistent system for tracking percent complete in a way that's consistent with your business model. And maybe you don't really know how to solve that problem. 
and that's a discussion with the partner, right? Like, do, do you think this is something that we could sit down and think through and come up with a solution that's mutually agreeable? But until that conversation happens, then your finance partner is not at all empowered to give, give you a better solution to that problem because they, they just can't see into that black box. Um, so I think this is a super important, uh, super important insight. And, and to your point, if it does turn out that the finance partner is not the right fit, it will be much clearer once you've gone through that exercise and your chances of success with the next one are exponentially higher because you're able to clearly articulate your expectations and needs and you're giving that next person a, a fair shot at meeting those expectations since they've been clearly described. Um, so I'm very yeah. happy that you surfaced that uh, as a next step. So with all of that, Russell, for those that have been listening and are thinking, man, I need more Russell Benaroya in my life, where should they go <laughs> on the internet to find out more about you and the content that you're producing? Oh, well, I really, really appreciate it, Marcel. Uh, certainly uh, go check us out at, at Stride Services. So it's www.stride.services, not stride.services.com, stride.services. Uh, that's a good place to, to, find, to find us. Uh, and then obviously I'm on LinkedIn at Russell Benaroya. Uh, last month I published a book called One Life to Lead, which is available on Amazon. And then I have a website, russellbenaroya.com that talks a little bit more about the book and some writing that I've done. I'm pretty easy to find and available. Well, you'll be easy to find for the listeners because all of this will be in the show notes, links to Stride Services, the book, uh, Russell's LinkedIn and personal website, all right there for you. So just scroll down and check that out. And with that, Russell, I can't thank you enough for making the time to come on the show. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and hopefully we'll be able to do this again sometime. Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Have a great day. You too. All right. And for all those of you listening at home, please let us know wherever you're listening to this, what insights you got from the episode, what questions you have. We always love hearing from you and we will see you on the next. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
episode.